been healed? I said, no. I've never seen one healed. Have you seen cancer people healed? I said, no. <laughs> he said, God, anoint him and use him. And he went like that, his hand, where did I, I was back there, and I went, went over and hit the concrete. Laid there for 20 minutes, a half an hour. When I got up, I felt something. Since that time, I've seen 26 blind people healed. You talk about a joy. When a blind person walks up, for 20 years they've been blind. You anoint your thumbs. You put it in their eyes. You say, Jesus heals them. You take them out and they begin to blink their eyes. And they begin yelling, I can see, I can see. Then they take off running down the aisle of the church. Everybody runs, everybody shouts. Who can do that? Only Jesus. And I believe God's going to use this church. I have enjoyed the spirit of the Lord. I told Rod, you got everything but miracles. And they're coming. Amen. They're coming. We are his people. We are to be used of him. And all the glory goes to him. I can't heal a blind person. I can't heal a person with cancer. But he's the one that does it. Amen. He's a good Lord. He's a good Lord. He's going to heal some people today. Now, I've been praying. I prayed last night, prayed today. Sat in the, Darren heard me praying this morning. Kay said, you going to church to pray? And he said, well, wait, bring Willie. I just sat there and prayed. And uh, I see God work. I am privileged to see God work, especially among the Indians. Son, you got the, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about ICAT. There's our youth camp three weeks ago. We had 404 young people there, they're crying and praying on the platform. They're there seeking God. We had 20 or 22 young people find Christ as Savior. 72 got the Holy Spirit. They want me to wear their t-shirt. You know, they like so I put on their t-shirt. They're in my office at the Bible school. Graduation in 219 class. I teach three days a week starting September the 25th. This is 2021 Bible school opening. 2021 graduation. I forget when 1416, I can't remember. This is the top of two of the Bible school. His name, Mel and L, Kincaid, Delilah Kincaid Bible School. And that's the chapel. We only had over a thousand there. And uh, dedicated to a new church in San Francisco, Alaska, our Indian. But we're very strong. 
another church running. It's about 20 miles from Saint This is another church dedication outside of Saint churches I dedicated down there in the mountains of Chappas. Praise God. That's just a portion of what the Lord does. To him be the glory. To him be the glory. Amen. We thank you. Your church is number one church supporting us. And we thank you very much. God bless you. Now I have a young couple in Hawaii. Rails. He's an Indian. And she's a she's American, gringa. And I knew her when she's a little blonde-haired girl in the Campbell Church. 
they faithfully support me with $1,200 a month. Isn't that right, Darren? That's my, that's my secretary treasurer. Of course, Darren is one of my big supporters also. When your son sends from 500 to 1,000 a month, you know he has faith in dad. When I see Rod's kids here, they have faith in dad. They know dad lives the life. He don't preach something and live another thing. They have faith in dad. Amen. And I, I, I love that. Amen. I enjoy coming here. Sure, the Indians, we have big churches. But I'll tell you, I don't feel the spirit anymore there, and I do here. And then Friday night, wasn't the spirit of God great here? Oh, man. And so I just counted a privilege to preach his gospel and to serve him. And we're here today as thanking you for your faithful support. Also to visit the family and be here. Appreciate Rod and Kay taking care of us this week. We wanted to be up at camp, but the fire changed the idea, didn't it? Ran everybody out. In the word of God, how many have ever heard of a guy that's written here in the Bible, Clement. Does anybody know anything about Clement? You're like everybody and like I was three months ago. I didn't know sick of about Clement. I happened to be in a Christian bookstore and I saw famous leaders of the early church. And I bought that book. Got to read about Clement. Join with me to Philippians, the fourth chapter and the third verse. Now, this isn't my message. I'm just teaching you something. I teach Bible school. You know. I teach church history, polycarp. I'll say the words in Spanish, trofimo. And that's Spanish. I teach it in Spanish, so I don't know Spanish. The different leaders of the early church. They were good men. They weren't perfect. Clement wasn't perfect. And I treat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel with Clement also. Clement. And with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Amen. And so, what did Clement do? In the year 90, he wrote an epistle. Now, it's in the Roman Catholic Bible. And he said, I don't like the name pastor. I like the name priest. And Clement was the pastor of Rome. Where did the Roman Catholic Church get the 
name of calling their pastors priests. Old Clement. He said, I don't want to be called pastor anymore. I want to be called priest. So Old Clement, in the year 100, they started calling Clement, instead of Pastor Clement, Priest Clement. And it's been with the Church of Rome now ever since the year 100. Now you know where the Catholic Church got its name calling the priest and let place of pastor, priest. Well, what does the scripture say? Why is it Rod and I called priest? The Bible says in the new covenant. I, I, I'm strong in the new covenant. I'm a Jesus man. Amen. And he gave some apostles. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the 11th verse. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Where's the word priest at? It's not there. Why? Our job now is going to all the world and preach the gospel. What might they annoyed me about three, four years ago in Guatemala and poured oil on my head and said, now you're our apostle. So they all call me Apostle Kincaid. That's that. I called the, yesterday the Mexican pastors, how are you, Apostle Kincaid? I said, well, fine. I said, call me Apostle. But I, there, there are not many people that seen 26 blind people healed. How many of you know preachers have seen 26 blind people healed? Nobody. Just me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't take no honor. I can't heal a flea. It's Jesus. He's going to heal some people this morning. Now, I'm, I'm going to do my best. The last time I preached, I preached four hours. It was a youth camp. Did they leave? No, they, they stayed. The power of God fell so strong. And I'm not going to preach four hours this morning. Don't worry. I'm not in Mexico. I'm in USA. We tell Jesus now, Jesus, you know you can move, but you got 40 minutes to do it in. And Jesus, if you're going to move over 40 minutes, forget it, we're going. <laughs> and that's true. Now, Friday night, these young people stayed around here praising the Lord. He was here. He was here. And they were in no hurry to leave. Most of our churches today, and I told some of the brethren, they never felt it. You go to churches today, you don't feel Jesus. You don't feel his presence. You go through an hour service and in and out. They never see a blind person healed. They never see a cancer gone. They never see a tumor gone. It's so sweet. 
Darren, were you? No, you weren't with me. You can. Brother Carmelino, three weeks ago, bought his five-year-old boy. He ran up a blossom. He hugged me because he was told when he was 30 days old, I lifted him up. He had a tumor here. One leg. It's all crooked. The doctor said he will never walk. I lifted him up and I said, Jesus, you can heal that crippled leg. You can take that tumor away. The next morning when he awoke, he moved his little leg for the first time, totally healed. That black tumor was gone. Hallelujah. Well, they told him, Brother Kincaid held him up for the little, so he ums up and hugs me, you know. But I can't do anything. It's him. It's Jesus. Amen. So we realized that we were in the last days. But it's, I'm going to preach something I've never preached before. Turn with me to Luke, the 22nd chapter. I've never preached before. The title of my message is, Follow the Man with the Pitcher. Have you ever preached that, Rod? I never have. I've been preaching 61 years. Follow the man with the pitcher. Then came the day of the unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, But where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entered in. And ye shall say unto the good man of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber, where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room, furnished, there make ready. And they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. Follow the man with the pitcher. Number one, who carried the pitchers of water in the Old Testament and the, and the New Testament? When Jesus went to the well, that Samaritan woman was out there getting water. There wasn't a man getting water. The women carried the pitchers. 99% of the time, it was the woman's job to go get the water. The Old Testament tells you that. But here, the Lord said, follow the man with the pitcher of water. What resemblance does that have? I 
only believed that that man was a divine servant of the Lord. Now, it wasn't Jesus. They looked at him and they talked to him. But I, I love to compare it to ministers of the gospel who carry a pitcher of water. Now, the water we know is Jesus Christ. The water is him. I carry a pitcher to the Chamula Indians, the Mixteco Indians, the Mexican people. Mainly it's Chamulas because we have 10 or 15,000 Chamula Indians. And they, they, they kind of honor Brother Kincaid pretty much. But I carry the pitcher. It's so important for the man who carries the pitcher. The beautiful part of us here is this. The man that leads, has the pitcher is going to take him to the, to the chamber where they're going to have the dinner. See, the man that carries the pitcher in this church is Rod. And he's trying to get you to that supper. <laughs> he's trying to get you to that supper one day we're going to take care of. <laughs> Hallelujah, I'm going to take part of that final supper in heaven. How am I going to have a great time in heaven? Amen. I'm going to eat at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I carry a picture. So important. What do you have in that picture? Contaminated water or good water? How many doctrines today preachers are putting out that's contaminated water? They tell you that if you don't come to their church, you're not saved. That's a lie. If you're here today and you're a Baptist, but you love Jesus, I tell them, to Brother Charlie, God showed me years ago. Delilah and I were left the border to go into Monterey to preach Brother Facundo's anniversary. Well, I have a, a 90 one or two pickup, and I'm going to change it. I got over 130,000, 40,000 on it, but I hadn't changed it yet. And the Lord allows a cow to come out. Of, I'm going from Renosa didn't have their freeway built until 93. This is around 90. I, I go up to Roma. In Roma, you're in the mountains. And a lot of wild cows there. Well, they're not really wild. They just run free. And I went around a turn, and there was an old cow sitting in the middle of the road. I had to stop. And blew my horn at the old cow, moved off. Well, I started up a boom. The old wheel went, I barely could get over to the edge of the highway. Well, I said, honey, I don't know what's happened. Something's wrong with my steering. I said, I, here I got a suit on, a tie and a dress belt like this. 
I really didn't feel like crawling under the pickup. An old dirt road, you know, alongside the road. And I said, honey, let's pray. We just closed your eyes and said, Jesus, we don't know how we're going to get to that anniversary to preach it. Here we are stopped, Lord. You, you have the answer. Well, we're praying. I hear a car go by. And they're pulling the trailer. Pick up, load, and pull the trailer. And we keep praying. He goes down. Goes down the hill. Gets up and turns around. He comes back. It's good to pray, isn't it? He pulls up and he said, I, we saw you praying. You must be missionaries. We said, yeah, we're missionaries. He said, well, he said, we are too. He said, can I help you? He said, I got old clothes on. I said, well, something's happened in front of the car. I don't, my steering, something broke. I can't move the wheel. He said, well, I'll, I'll go in there and check. And I got old clothes on. Said, I, I'm going to my orphanage. And I got a load of food back here. He crawls under there and he said, your tie rod's broken. The tie's the front wheel to the steering. He said, but six months ago, I changed mine. I have a GMC, you have a Chevy. They'll be the same thing. He said, let me look in the back. I think I threw in the back of that trailer, but it's going to take me 20, 30 minutes to find it. I said, well, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> he loads out stuff. Pretty soon he comes out with an old rusty tie rod. Here it is. He puts her on. He said, now, brother, and don't go fast because I can't line the wheels. But he said, you're ready to go. He said, I'm Brother Steele. I'm a Baptist missionary. I got an orphanage. I said, I'm Brother Kincaid. I'm a Prince of Peace missionary. He said, God bless you. We hugged each other. And God said, he has, I have good people everywhere. He's my servant. You're my servant. I said, I'll never kick the Baptist again. <laughs> Who knew that Baptist missionary had a tie roller in the back of his trailer? Who knew I was going to be stopped on the road with the steering broke? Him. Now, isn't that something? Jesus knows your life. He knows everything that you're going to do and everything that you will do. He knows about your unsaved kids, He knows about your problems. What was the lie that I doing? We just prayed. God, I don't know how we're going to get to that anniversary. I promised to be there and preach it. I preach it every year. 
Lord, help us some way. And Jesus sent along a man. Not only crawled under my truck and fixed it, he had an old rusty part to put in there. And isn't that the Lord? That's Jesus. When we follow the man, our Lord Jesus, he's the main one. And he has a picture. And we drink from him. Amen. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. He'll direct us. He will move on. Three weeks ago, I was preaching. Not, yeah, three weeks ago. I'd say two weeks ago, but we've been here a week. Three weeks ago, I was preaching in Wamantra. I preached a youth camp one night, of the youth, one day of the youth camp. And... Uh, and also one night, because the guy stepped down to get water, and God told me to get up and preach, so I got up. <laughs> but anyway, I went over to Brother Hetzael's church, and uh, he took the church when they had 10. Today he has 270. He's been there three years, four years. What happens? He's the only preacher that I've, in the Prince of Peace besides me, of all the years that's taken his, I told him, I told, he said, Brother King, how do you pray for the blind? I said, the Lord told me to put oil on each thumb, put it in their eyes. Okay. He went into a house. They called him to go pray for this lady. Her daughter goes to his church. She's strict Catholic. She won't come to church. She worships a virgin. Said, Mama's sick and Mama's blind. Totally blind. For about seven, eight years, totally blind. Don't even see the light of day. But I told him I'm going to have you go down and pray. She said, Well, if you want to, but I'm not leaving the Catholic Church. I got my saints. And Hetz, Hetz went and he said there was idols everywhere. Candles burning to the idols. Said I went in and I said, I'm not worried about these demons here, but Amen. every idol is a demon. Amen. And uh, he said, I I saw her blind. I said, Lord, I'm going to pray for her. I believe you to heal her and open those blind eyes. He said, I did like you told me. I put oil on both thumbs, put them in her eyes. Now, this has just happened four months ago. It didn't happen last year or year before, just four months ago. And he said, I put them in her eyes. And I said, Jesus, you can open those blind eyes. When I took them out, she began to blink. And then she began to scream. I could see. I could see. I could see. What did she say? I want that Jesus. He said, I prayed with her. She got saved. He said, all of her family, her sons and her daughters and her son-in-laws and her daughter-in-law. He said, we got a harvest of 40 souls. Hallelujah. 
Oh, praise God. I seen her three weeks ago praising God. That's the Lord we serve. That's the Lord who's alive. That's the Lord who lives forevermore. He's, he said he would give us this drink of water. Amen. We turn over into John, the fourth chapter. Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would give thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. From whence then hast, hast thou this living water? And art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, his cattle? And Jesus said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. How do I know? I've got eternal life. I've got water in me that Jesus gave to me. Hallelujah. I've taken a drink. But you know, sometimes you have to go to the pitcher again. You get sick. You got a need. I get amused at people. They just pray once and say, I'm saved. That's it. No. No. You, you need some more water. You've got a heart problem. You got paralysis. You got this. You got that. Jesus has healed me so many times. Here I am, 86, and I preach a lot. A lot. And they, they get amazed. Saturday, three weeks ago, I preached four hours in the morning. Then at night, the preacher, he, <laughs> he left to get him a drink at 9 o'clock, and the Holy Spirit said, you get up there. And I walked up there. I said, the Lord said for me to take over. So he went out to get him a drink. We forgot to get him water. And I am leading the young people in worship, just like you guys had. But the Holy Spirit convicted me of that. And this one would be speaking in tongues, and that one, before we know it, has 72 received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I know some people have spoken in tongues. Their life has been crooked as a snake's. But some people like me and my son and others here speak in tongues. It's Bible. 
And I know we've had in our times people give messages in the tongues of interpretation no more than God than the man in the moon. This is what has hurt the church and the flowing of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit desires to flow. Amen? Desires to flow. Why, he was here so strong Friday night. This water, some are here today need a drink of divine healing. You got to get it from the pitcher, from Jesus Christ. He has the main picture. I carry a little picture. He has the big picture. Amen. My son and Rod, they carry little pictures. But we carry water. Sad part of it is we got so many preachers got water contaminated. Teaching doctrines of air. That you can give so much money and get riches. Like Maldonado, who said he's no I empezar in Spanish, you know. <laughs> I preach all the time in Spanish. The people in Miami, Florida, made that guy a multi, multi, multi millionaire. Those Cubans and Puerto Ricans, he had a, he had a house worth $11 million. He had millions in the bank, 20-some millions. And now this Mexican movie star started to hand ten in his church. But then what happened? They began to go to hotels together. And his wife finds out about it, and wham! They get divorced. What has happened to all the Maldonado churches now in Mexico? They're apostle. That's why I don't care that much of using the name apostle. They call that rascal apostle. He's a goat. He's not an apostle. <laughs> I heard him preach the other day on TV. I said, you rascal. You should be under discipline for a year and not preach it. You fooled around with that movie star. You go into hotels and fornicating. That's what hurts the church. And he calls himself apostle. Preaching here on TV, I said, you rascal, you're turning you off. I wouldn't listen to him. And I tell everybody, don't listen to him. Yo advise al pueblo mexicano. I advise the Mexican people. You don't listen to that guy. But anyway... How many times has the dollar ruined preachers? I'm a poor preacher. I'm rich in his blessings. Rich in healings. Rich in his presence. Hallelujah. I live on my social security. What you send to me, 
goes into the work. Rod knows that. That's why you back me. I'm building eight churches. I don't even have a new, new car. My car is a 204 Dodge. Got dents in it and everything else. But you don't drive a new car in Renosa. You don't go over there in a new pickup. You'll have somebody roll up alongside you with a pistol and say, get out. You try to drive away, you're dead. They'll just pow, you're dead. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Happens all the time. The other day, Brother Andres, I told him my white car for some reason, I don't know, Louis wasn't with me. Louis, he only likes the old pickup. That's his car. He sits up there with me. He goes to church. He goes to Bible school. In the church, they got a space paddle seat. He gets up there and sleeps while I preach. But uh, I take the old truck. I, I, would, I would never take Rodney's pickup to Mexico. I, I'd never get out. It'd be gone. It'd be gone. Especially I have a Sunday morning, Lord, I don't let me hit that thief. I really don't want to face a pistol. Yeah. Brother, one of, one of our pastors, Brother Horky, he had, he had in his pocket his cell phone. And the thief come up and he said, I took the gun. And he was the pulpit. He just he finished up service. He said, Give me all your offerings and tithes. And he pulls it out, hands in. Give me your cell phone. Well, I need that. He said, I'll kill you. He said, well, I heard that old pistol click. I said, here's the cell phone. He said, I shake it. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he said, Brother King, he said, he scared me. He said, I heard that pistol click. I said, yeah, here's that cell phone. But I, I pray every day for I go over to the notes, so Lord, I don't want to hit that thief. Then he made him take out his wallet and gave him all his money out of his wallet. They told me, he said, Brother Kincaid, when you come on to preach, don't bring much money. If that thief comes in, he'll take your money. I said, well, I can't drive without money. I don't like to a little bit. I leave some. I don't take too much. But I just have faith the Lord's going to keep me. He's going to protect me. He's going to overshadow us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, well, I'd like to be a missionary. Well. Anymore, it's difficult because you got these thieves. But like we had, they robbed our church on the border. Darren's telling me this today. I, I I didn't know that. Well, the the pastor's wife, when she was a single girl, she was very beautiful. And they came from El Salvador. Her and her mother, and her mother was had the morals of a goat, you know. She, she's sleeping who they were giving money, a lot of money. Well, the, der, the daughter kind of picked that up too. And she was very beautiful, and she slept with one of the heads, guys of the drug cartel. She didn't do that for long because she got saved. And she gave up that life of evil. I imagine not even a year the girl was in that life. Her mother 
had been in it for years. They came up from El Salvador, her and her mom, and selling themselves, you know. And so she found Christ. So she was very beautiful, so she didn't have any problem for boys to look after her and then serve God in the church. Well, pretty soon, Danny, he fell in love with her, and they got married. And then Danny later, they goes to our Bible school there in the border, and him and his brother Arturo, some of our main preachers today, and they, <coughs> they graduate. <coughs> Danny, he marries this pretty girl. She's pretty, and she loves God. Amen. How many know God can transform a harlot into a saint? And then she wasn't too much her mother was, bad one, but she was just beginning bad. And, uh, and uh, when they robbed the church, they stole the guitars, they stole the keyboard. I don't know how much they took out of the church. Well, word got to the head of the cartel somehow. They didn't know, and I didn't even know this happened. They told me today, this morning. And uh, she had told Darla that at one of the conventions how that when she was a beautiful young girl, she had a few affairs with the head leader of the cartel. How's, I don't know how he found out about it. One day a truck rolled up the church. I know Danny told me this. And they got out guitars, three or four guitars and three or four amplifiers and, and two, two teclados. I don't know where they got them. They, she said they brought a lot of junk, didn't they? Way more than the thief took. But the sad thing is the cartel killed the thief. There's no police. You don't worry about the police. Police don't do anything. But the cartel, they run the border. Not the police. The cartel. And uh, the thief said he don't need, he's told from a church. He needs, that's a lousy trick, he said. Kill him. They killed him. And she said, poor guy, he never, of course, you won't see him again. He's dead. But it's, it's wonderful to see how God will take a person from the world, transform them. And their church is full to the door today. Full to the door. Lord, God is good. That's the Lord we serve. That's the Lord we serve. This water that we need can only come from him. I have it in a picture. I didn't put it there. How many people have you talked to about the Lord? You begin to give them water. Amen. Everybody has a picture that serves Jesus. Because you got the knowledge. Jesus wants to redeem people, wants to save people, wants to take them to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ.
I tell our Prince of Peace churches, I think we got around 300 now. 80, minimum 80,000 people I oversee. And I tell them, it's not the Prince of Peace Church that'll get you into heaven, only Jesus. But I tell them we're a good church because we preach truth. And I tell the people, Anderson, this boy preaches truth. Amen. And if I lived in Anderson, I'd be in this church. Well, I have to preach so I wouldn't live here in Anderson. <laughs> I'll preach till I die because it's a big job. And it's a beautiful job. One little guy ran up and grabbed me three weeks ago, hugged me. You're the one that prayed for me. And my eyes were burnt shut. What a good boss my eye, and the doctor said I'd never see again. Apostle, I love you. I love you, guy. He hugs me. He's 11 or 12 now. It's been three years. I think he's maybe 13. He wants to be a preacher. He hugged me. He said, you're the one that anointed this eye when it was blind. When it was burnt shut. Isn't it beautiful when Jesus comes down? When Jesus comes and that eye is burnt shut. It's all marred. And when he opens the eyes, you see the hand of Jesus. He begins to tear all of that burn out. I watched him. It went away. And they begin to yell. I could see. I could see. I could see. You say people don't believe in Jesus. You're not real. Stupid people. Our Jesus is real. Real. He loves you. He loves you. He's alive. Hallelujah. We will reign with him. We will abide with him. We will glorify his name. He is above all others. He is my king. He is my savior. He is my Lord. There is no one that can supersede him. He is divine. He is divine. He is so good. He's so good. And I love him with all my heart. Amen. This water that we have, the beautiful part of it is, if you don't continue prayer, your pitcher, the water will get stale. You couldn't give a drink to no one they wouldn't like the water. Amen. Why don't we like the water of the, of the Jehovah Witness? It's bitter. It's rotten. They carry a picture. They think they carry the truth. But they got water that's rotten. No good. 
We got a little pitcher that Jesus puts the water in. You see, this man wasn't Jesus that was carrying the pitcher. He was sent by Jesus to get him to the upper room. This is the secret. Why do we need men of God to help you get to the upper room? Some people say, I don't need any preacher. Yeah, you do. You need a man of God. Amen? Now, why did I listen to their preaching this week? You say, oh, Brother Skip, you preached to thousands. You've raised up churches that are 1,400 members. But I need to listen to these men. You never get too big. You never get too high and mighty. You can always learn from the man of God. I enjoyed Rodney and Rod's preaching. I just faced it because I gave out all the time. There are times I have to take in. Amen? Amen? And our Jesus is here today. Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah. There are people here today, physically, some of them have nervous problems. Some of them don't sleep well at night. Some of them, their kids are alcoholics. They worry about it. They're going to get them safe. They're going to make heaven. So we have to have water. Amen. I said, Lord, <laughs> help me today that I'll be give out some water of divine healing that you've given unto me to give out. Amen. What did he say? What did he say in Mark? And I always tell the Bible school students this. I said, we've got some Wonderful Bible school students. We've got some good boys. And I say, you can, we got good musicians. I said, you can sing. You can shout. You can do everything. But if we don't have these two verses, we don't get the job done. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. That means if a serpent happens to hit them and bite them. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, why do I know that God's going to heal people this morning? Because he said that we that have faith, we that 
believe his word. We that have an anointing, we that preach the truth are going to see people healed. I don't understand healing. How many of you understand healing? No one. There's not a Christian here. Say, well, I know how to get her done. No, no. No. I prayed for people that I were very ill. Some of them are healed, some die. You just you don't you don't know. And that's that's what it's all about. It's in his hands. I got a kick out. I got a more Cirillo. Now he died and went to heaven, but his his son's a faker, raising money. David, I met him. I know the rascal. Sending out holy water. Use this, and you get healings. Horsemen. That's that, that's that's foolishness. Don't do that. I got one in the mail. Now more Cirillo asked me to work with him when I went to Brazil with him 30 years ago. We had 85 or 87,000 in the stadium. And a beautiful black woman, about six foot tall, she runs out in front of the camera and begins to take off her clothes. And this is being shown to the city of Sao Paulo, Brazil, on TV. She gets her blouse off, and Brother Cirillo sees it, and he yells at some evangelist, go down there and get her out of the way, rebuke the demons. She's got demons. He said, I don't know how to do that. He turned around. Of course, he knew my name, Brother Skip, you know. I got to introduce him, Skip Kincaid. He said, Skip Kincaid, get down there and get that demon-possessed lady. <laughs> Here I am in front of 88,000 people running down there. with. I said, get me a couple of Brazilian pastors. And they get a blanket. She's already got the bra and seeing her breasts, and she's ready to pull off her slip and panties when we grab her. You wrap her with a blanket, and she kicks, and I don't know Brazilian very well, so I, it's similar to Spanish. If you're there a month, I, I didn't pick it up, but very close to Spanish. And she's cursing us in Brazilian, and the boys, the preachers, got her, and we finally got the blanket around her, dragging, carrying her out, and she's cursing us and yelling and screaming. And boy, it's hard to get her. She's a big black girl, big and kicking and oh man we finally get her back behind stage i said okay you demons you're coming out <laughs> no we're not i said yes you're coming out i said we're, you're coming out you rascals you want to tear this meeting up i said you're coming out no of course Demonios in Portuguese and demonio in Espanol is very close. So they understood that demonio is demon. You know? Demonios. 
Sal fuera. Fuera, fuera, fuera. Come on out. Well, that's close to Portuguese. And we're praying, and I told, the I told the Portuguese preacher, give her the word. Well, I meant to open the Bible and read the scripture that says, Jesus said, come out, rebuke the devil. Well, he just took the Bible and hit her in the head. <laughs> he knocked her out with her hands on the ground. She's going to get up and run. We have to grab her. And uh, we grab her, and I said, no, you, I didn't knock me in the head with the head for the word. I meant give, give her the word. And so as I got him reading the word to her. And I took about 30 minutes. I said, devils, you're coming out. No, no, we're going to destroy this service. I said, you're a liar. You're coming out. Who taught me to work with demons? Brother Chema. Brother Chema, the greatest preacher I have known. He taught me how to cast out demons. And, and finally, I said, I rebuke you. You're coming out. You're not going to tear up this service. In the name of Jesus, you're going to leave. You demons get out and I had the preachers praying with me in Portuguese. Work. We, got to, we got her loaded with oil. They got her loaded with oil. And praying with her. And finally, oh, one comes out. She shakes. We get about four or five out. She begins to cry. She said, they're gone. They're gone. She begins to cry. She said, Jesus, I want you. Cried, cried. The next night, in front of 88,000 people, she stands and testifies. She said, last night, the devil told me to take my clothes off to ruin this meeting. And I tried to take my clothes off in front, but the men of God grabbed me and rebuked these devils. And that white guy there, he pointed to me. And I'm on the platform with the preacher, so said, cast those demons out. She testified and crying. So Brother Shrilla tells me, Brother Kincaid, I want you to work with me. I need you. Had I gone with Brother Shrilla, I would not have 80,000 Prince of Peace people today. It was a hard decision. Do I leave Prince of Peace and go with more Cyril and his revival? So I want you in my revivals. You know how to cast out devils. Few people know how to do that. Will you come with me? I'll give you a good salary. I was living on nothing. I didn't have any money. It was tempting. But it wasn't the Lord. So today we have 300 churches, 80,000 people. Three Bible schools because I followed the Lord. In your life, there will be decisions to be made. Go with the Lord. Go with the Lord. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct you. Hallelujah. Everyone has decisions to make.
some are very serious, especially when it comes to marriage. Very serious. And she told me I can't get married again, so I can't get married again. Okay, you know, sometimes it's lonely. I got my dog. I miss Delilah so much. And uh, I've, I've gotten a few phone calls, you know, from some ladies. They kind of hint they'd like to marry me. <laughs> I can still run. I can still jump. I'm, for my age, even though I'm 86, I'm in good shape. <laughs> and I talked to her. She said, now, Skip, Uncle Skip, you're not getting married. That's her law. Amen. We'll see what the Lord says. <laughs> Boy, I got you all laughing today, haven't I? Amen. But anyway, God's good. He is a wonderful Savior. He leads, he guides, he directs, he goes with us, goes before us, shines over. His presence is wonderful, amen. His presence is glorious. His presence is worth it all, amen. And I, I know, well, what will happen if I go to Renosa and a guy pulls out a pistol and shoots me? I'll go to heaven. I'm not going to quit preaching because I'm afraid of a guy with a pistol, no. I'll continue to preach his word. Amen. Because he, he is the one who guides my life. He's the one who heals me. He's the one that moves. He's the one that saves. He's the one that heals. Amen. I was with the, this message just for, you say, Brother Kincaid, when's the last miracle you had? Oh, three weeks ago. I uh, prayed for a lady. Well, what caused this? I prayed for three. But a lady, she said, I got to testify, Brother Kincaid. In July when you came to our church, I was given 31 days to live. I'm a high school teacher. Also, I'm a state official of education of Chiapas, Mexico. I'm an official of education. And she said, the doctor's given me 31 days to live. And you got up and you called us forward and those that needed prayer and you stated you said that there's a person here that they've given 30 to 90 days to live. And the Lord wants to heal you. And you prayed for others. And you also made the statement, now this is the first time I've done it in 61 years of marriage. One of this church is going home to heaven. It's the first time I've ever done it. I arrived in February to Brother Beto's church, Brother Pedro's church. He has that big new church. We dedicate it. In the service, he said, will the school teacher come and stand and testify 
I mean, Brother Kincaid prayed for her. El Apostle, they just call me El Apostle. The Apostle prayed for her. And she gets up and she comes forward and said, I'm high school teacher here in the city. I'm also a state representative of education. And the brother called me, said, there's a one of you going to have 31 to 60 days or 90 days to live. He said, I'm that person. He said, Jesus totally healed me of cancer. I went to the doctor, and he said, who healed you? What did you do? What did you take? He said, oh, missionary prayed for me. She said, what do you mean missionary prayed for me? I've never heard that before. She said, well, it, he, Jesus healed me. He prayed for me, and Jesus healed me. Then he said, will brother so-and-so come forward? I want brother Kincaid to pray for you. Brother Kincaid, you thought that one of these old ladies you prayed for was going to heaven. You were right. One of our congregation went to heaven. There was an 18-year-old boy. He had a wreck and was killed. His mom and dad come up, and I prayed for him. I said, Lord, please don't, don't show me a casket anymore. I don't, that's rough. That's the only one in 61 years that God showed me when I gave the prophecy. Brother, Brother Pedro said, now whatever Brother Kingate tells you, you, you count on it. It's going to happen. It's strange how God uses you. But that's the first time in my life I said that God was going to take a person out of the church to heaven. I thought it was one of the old ladies I prayed for down there. They were some old ones in their 70s I prayed for. And I thought, well, it's one of those going to go to heaven. 18-year-old boy killed in a car wreck, member of the church. I prayed for mom and dad. They were crying. You know, we don't know God's way. I don't have any prophecy this morning that says we're going to lose a member. Praise God. I don't like those. <laughs> I, said, I said, Lord, don't do that to me again, please. 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 But the Lord does say a few things today. Number one, the family here has a lost son. And this next year, you're going to see him saved. He's going to come in. Number two, there's a person here with financial problems. And God is going to meet that need. And you're going to see a miracle in your finances. He's going to turn it around. And you will bless this church economically. The money he will pour into your pockets. Be free with the Lord. He will make it pour in. 
Thus saith the Lord. There's a person here that's been having a nervous problem. Can't sleep well. You wake up, you have a hard time sleeping. The Lord's going to heal you this morning. Amen. Another person that's bothered with indigestion or may have cancer problem, the Lord's going to heal you this morning. Amen. I prayed in last night, prayed this morning, and said, Lord, show me. He doesn't tell me. Sometimes he tells me the people, but sometimes he doesn't. But uh, he's good. He's good. And I just said, Lord, don't, don't show me a casket anymore. He showed me a picture of a casket, and I said, you're going to lose one out of this church. I thought it would be one of those old people, but it's an 18-year-old boy. And I said, Lord, I don't like to see a casket. I haven't seen none this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, the Lord is good. And all the glory to him, all the honor to him. I can't do nothing. He does everything. Amen. He does everything. He is mighty. He is glorious. He is the Lord of glory, the King of glory, the King of kings and the Lord of Lord of lords. Oh, yeah. This lady came and testified. She said, Brother Kincaid, you said that I, they said I'd die in 31 days. She said, when you were praying for me, she said a fire came down all through my belly. She said, I was eating up with cancer, giving 30 days to live. I felt that fire go all through me. Now, here's a school teacher. Not only a school teacher, she's an official of education in the state of Chiapas. She's way up there. And she's a very beautiful Indian woman, very beautiful Indian, Chamula Indian. And, he, and she said, Brother Kincaid, I felt so good on Monday. He said, that week I went to see the doctor who told me I was going to be operated. I was eating up with cancer, and I was given 30 to 90 days to live. He said, what? He checked me out. He said, let me check you some more. What in the world did you do? What did you do? She said, well, I went to pray. The service and the missionary was there, and he prayed for me, and Jesus healed me. And that's the Lord we serve today. And that's the Lord we serve. And I just heard that. That's a new one. I just heard that a month ago, so that didn't happen. And you say, Brother King, can you tell us miracles of five years ago, ten years ago? That just a couple of months ago. Amen. And so that's the Lord we serve. He wants to move today. Hallelujah. I've already preached an hour. Amen. How many of you today have a special need? You say, I have problems and indigestion. I might have cancer. I have problems to sleeping. I have nervous problems. And you want the Lord to touch you today. Now, if you have to leave, you feel free to go because Brother Skip doesn't know when to quit. I might pray a half an hour for these people. I want Jesus to move. 
You don't put a clock on Jesus. Why don't you see miracles today in the church? They put a clock on Jesus. He don't work by the clock. He works the way he wants to work. In the time he works. Amen. So that with the Indian people, they, they're not in a hurry. And then you have a thousand people there, it don't matter. They're with you. If the service is four hours long, they're with you. I preached four hours and nobody left. If I preached four hours here, I wouldn't have a seat. Nobody would be here. They'd all be gone. So I'm not even going to try it. I preached over an hour right now. Come on, folks. You that have a need, I want you to come down. I got some oil. You got oil? I got oil in my briefcase. You got oil here? I got oil from Jerusalem there in my briefcase somewhere. But it's not the oil that heals him. It's a symbolic. You know the reason you know oil? He said, anoint. Brother, you need a miracle, don't you? I can tell the way you walk. You need a miracle. I see them all the time. Go ahead, Rodney, and sing what you want to sing. Amen. These are, aren't these good singers? Man, I'll take Kay. Heather, you're doing a great job. Doing a good job, Heather, with that music.